From 2 Corinthians 13, 13, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We are so glad that you are seeking God with us, and we pray that the message you are about to hear is a blessing to you. I am Brian Niebank, pastor of Zion United Church of Christ Fireside in Bellevue, Ohio. I thank you for joining us today as we seek to walk together with God, expressing our love in Bible study and prayer, living the life of the church and serving others and worshiping God. May God bless you today. Will you pray with me? O oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O oh God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Who here has ever wondered if you are hearing God? I know I have heard, I've wondered if I've heard God before. I would be surprised if uh, none of us have wondered the same. You don't have to raise your hands, I won't make you. But we might liken this idea to hearing someone walk in the door at home when we ask, is that you? We've done that. Is that you? We might use that to confirm that it is really who we think it is and not someone else who we might be expecting. If you have ever asked that question, is that you, when you are talking to a person, have you ever thought about using it with God? When you have stopped or when, when have you stopped what you are doing and said, God, is that your voice? Is that your footsteps? If we are here in church today, chances are that we all want to hear God. And when we do, we want to be sure that God is the one who we hear. We want to be able to expel all doubts that we are hearing God and not our own voice or the voice that an evil force would want us to hear or believe. We have learned so far in our conversations on prayer this year that first, we will not really hear God if we do not choose to set aside the time to spend with God. And second, we will not hear God if we are not trying to listen to God in more than one way. <laughs> but when we do these things well, when we spend time with God and when we listen, for, we listen for God in many different ways, and when we pray and when we think that we hear something back, we want to check it at the door. As Paul once told us, Test everything. 
and hold fast unto what is good. Found in 1 Thessalonians. We need to check everything that we hear to be sure that it is the word from God. I want to tell you a story about a certain Jesus fountain in Ashland. It is in the middle of the seminary campus, and I passed by it every day while I was going to seminary. I had a few good prayer moments sitting at that fountain. About a month ago, I was visiting a friend in Ashland, and I decided to stop by the fountain for some renewal and clarity with the Lord. I especially needed clarification that I should move forward in seeing one particular person whom I met back in August. And I asked God if this would be the right path for me. After spending 45 minutes in prayer, moving back and forth between the fountain and the nearby prayer garden, I returned to the fountain and I heard two words, look up. I told God that the only thing I see is the sky. God said back, exactly. Those are the only three words I heard God say. Did not need to hear more. For her name happens to be Sky. And that was my answer in that moment. Look up. God does not always answer in crystal clear terms, but he does give us, God does give us what we need when we need it. But it took 45 minutes of prayer and intention before that happened. We cannot just give up when we spend five minutes in prayer and do not hear anything. You might be wondering how I knew it was God in that moment, not just my own voice. I actually did wonder that too in that moment. I did not end my prayer immediately after I heard those two important words because I wanted to make sure that it was God. I stared into the eyes of Jesus in that fountain and I felt an overwhelming sense of calm. I felt that I knew that it had to be God because I heard it while I was focused on God and God alone. I had cleared my mind of all other distractions. Satan wasn't going to get into my mind very easily either because when you spend time with God and fill your mind with the things of God, even Satan is crowded out because God takes up all the space if we let it. When God fills your entire mind and you hear a voice, it is likely God. When you allow God to have all the space, God will take up all that space because God is infinite. As long as you aren't holding back any space for yourself, you're giving all the space to God. There is no room for your voice or your friend's voice or the voice of Satan Only God's voice. First, we know that it is more likely God when God speaks while we are in prayer, while we are praying. We are focused on God and not on other idols or passions. Second, 
We know the Lord more intimately, and thus what the Lord says, when we do more than just what we ought to have done. Luke 17, chapter 10 implies that we should go farther than just the bare minimum. When the response that Jesus gave to the apostles when they asked him to increase their faith, it just said, Jesus, increase our faith. It's like a flip of a, a snap of a finger. Jesus said, So you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, we are worthless slaves, we have done only what we ought to have done. We might know that God is the one we hear if we have done more than just the bare minimum to know the Lord. We pray, we study scripture, we read books about the Lord, we try to gain understanding of the Lord from our own experiences as well as many of the experiences of others around us. Then we can compare the words that we hear with our sense of God's character that we have gained from studying God more than we are forced to. We can tell the words, we can test the words against God's character, which again, Paul told us to do, test everything and hold fast to what is good so that we know whether it is of God or not of God. We can test it through prayer by praying about it and by continuing to focus on the Lord. We can be more assured that we hear God when we know that we are focused on God and on God alone, such, such as in deep prayer, and also when we have tested what we have heard against God's character, which we have studied and experienced. And third, we should pay attention to what is going on around us. As an example, Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah, knew that he had heard the voice of the Lord through his own hearing, when, in fact, the words came true. The word of the Lord came to me, he says, Hanamiel is going to come to you and say, Buy my field, for the right of redemption is yours. And then Hanamiel came to me and said, Buy my field, for the right of redemption is yours. Then I knew that this was the word of the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 32. The Lord can confirm that we are hearing God by having the things actually happen. Sometimes we just need to be sure that we are actually listening to what we are hearing and then paying attention to the world to be able to recognize it and make the connection that Jesus made, or that Jeremiah made. Further, God can often confirm what he is saying through a repeated verse that comes up in a sermon or a book on the very topic that you are struggling with. Have you ever had that happen? You've been struggling with a topic and then you're reading a book or you're reading an article and the very thing that you needed to hear is right there in front of you. God can speak in that way too. Last week I received an automated email from the UCC which had a, dead, had a headline that read, The third year is always the hardest. It talked about year three in the same role being the hardest hurdle to get through, referencing year three of the pandemic, and it also 
relation to year three of any job that you go to. It seemed like perfect timing since I have just begun year three of serving as a pastor. It encouraged me to spend more time reflecting and also to build stronger devotions and connections with the Lord so that you get through the ever-challenging year three. So it said, I, I, I don't know, but uh, it told me to uh, combat this, uh, this difficult year three by praying more. And that's always a good answer for anything. I truly believe that God speaks to some of these moments that are perfect timing. A friend tells you exactly what you need to hear. A particular sermon tells you exactly what you needed to hear in a particular moment. God uses these moments as long as you are listening. This is one of the many reasons why we should listen to wise counsel. Not only might they have powerful tips to share with us, but God can speak to us through godly people in our lives as well. On this, our World Communion Sunday, I have a bit of wise counsel that also appeared in my emails this week. And this is from our association minister, Dan Bush. We, who are like the disciples, with our flaws, our imperfections, and our shortcomings, are invited to take our places at the table. The table is a place of acceptance, love, sacrifice, reconciliation, and love, where we join with Christ and the entire community of faith to be witnesses to God's transforming power in our lives. We receive blessings of forgiveness, hope, and call to be witnesses of God's good news in both word and deed. This is the joyful feast of the people of God. Men and women, youth and children, come from the east and from the west, from the north and the south, and gather about Christ's table. No matter how imperfect we may be, we are all accepted as Christ's followers, as Christ's family, as Christ's community, which was the big word we talked about today we are all one family together at the table. And we celebrate all our union tonight or today at this table that we are invited to. God invites us, all of us around the globe, to share in Christ's body and drink of Christ's cup so that we all might know God more intimately, have a closer relationship with God, hear God more, and know that we are connected to God in a special way because Christ considers us family. We are doing more than we ought to have done or need to have done by sharing in Christ's cup at Christ's table. As we know, continue on the journey to know God more deeply. The readings from Lamentations and from Psalm 137 may seem a bit off to us this week, 
They were written in exile. They may seem a bit depressing, in fact. Common themes between the two include weeping, lamenting, and grieving. Maybe we can relate. We want to ask God why, or we want to ask God why. We want to ask God so many different why questions. But at the same time, the scripture lessons do not show an empty why question. The emotion and expression is taken to the Lord in prayer. When everything does not go right as we would like it to, both for ourselves and more importantly for the expansion of God's kingdom, we could complain and turn to our own idols, or we could turn and cry to the Lord in prayer, knowing that the Lord is with us. We may be able to be confident that God is shedding that tear with us, and if we listen carefully, we may realize the words that God is speaking tenderly back to us. The author of the book of Lamentations of many of the Psalms and also of the small prophet Habakkuk all say, How long, O Lord? or various laments, and they all take that form of lament to prayer. They take it to God. The authors of Lamentations and Habakkuk and of many psalms see trouble and cry to the Lord. Much lament rises from the interrogative mood. How long, Lord? How long? Why, Lord? Why is this happening? When, Lord? When will salvation come? It's so important to see that lament makes no sense if God is indifferent or off-duty. Lament makes sense only if God is present, addressable, and full of steadfast love. So the author of Lamentations pauses in the middle of five chapters of Lament to testify to one ray of hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. The author finds hope and love because he is lamenting in good faith. Unbelief shakes its fist at God or dismisses God or tries to get an invasive God off its back. It's faith that laments. Faith wrestles with God because trouble and enemies and terror are all anomalies in God's world. They should not exist. They don't belong here. In a world where the king of the universe has steadfast love, these things should not happen. But they do. And so the believer points them out to God and laments them. These terrible things should not be. These are uh, some thoughts that I share with you from Cornelius Platinga Jr., uh, who is uh, a senior research fellow at the Calvin Institute of Christian Worship in Michigan. Now, being in the midst of what we face does not cause us to doubt that God is the one that we hear. We may think that we are only hearing what we want to hear, that God may actually be absent because we don't see a response to these things that should not be. Yet may you be blessed to focus instead on the ray of hope that the authors of the Bible still find even in the most difficult times. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Lamentations 3, 22. First, 
you know that God is with us no matter what. God's love does not cease. You know that God is with us no matter what. God's love does not cease. Second, knowing that God has not left us, you feel prone to pray and listen to what God tells you while you are not focused on other things. You are patient in prayer and do not give up. You test everything. You test everything that you hear against God's character. And third, you listen to other ways that God may communicate with you that is not through direct prayer. How do you know that God is the voice you hear? Keep listening. Do not let your prayer end once you hear something. That is how you can confirm that it was God. Because you are continuing to listen. You did not let your prayer end there. Keep your ears and eyes open. Pray more about it and watch for God to confirm things in other ways as well. God closes doors and opens windows. God places things before you in your path, especially when you need them most. And God guides you in your steps. God never leaves. May you be blessed to know the presence and the power of God through your persistency in prayer. And may all glory and honor be to God. Thanks be to God. And amen. Our wealth allows us the joyous opportunities to invest in ways that will make a difference in the lives of others. In the church, we are committed to sharing our faith as well as the blessings of the Holy Spirit. Our offertory this morning, or our offering this morning, is dedicated to Neighbors in Need Special Mission Offering. If you uh, use these special envelopes, which are in front of you in your pews, this is one of the offerings that makes our church a five-for-five giving congregation, uh, one of the five mission offerings that we do throughout the year. Uh, So the special mission offering is Neighbors in Need. One-third of this offering will go to support the Council for American Indian Ministry, uh, supporting Native Americans, and two-thirds of the funds are used by the church, by the Justice and Witness Ministries, to provide grants to United Church of Christ churches and organizations, as well as supporting a variety of justice initiatives, advocacy efforts, and direct service projects. If you feel led to give to the Neighbors in Need offering, use these special mission offering envelopes in your offering today. Uh, If you use the regular envelope, they will go to our regular fund as well. Will our ushers come forward to receive this morning's offering?
Let us ask God to bless our gifts together. Astonishing God, whose purposes are often accomplished in unexpected ways, release in us the gifts you have entrusted to us, that we may realize the power, love, and self-discipline that make for meaningful service in Christ's name. Help us to use whatever faith we have to accomplish great things for you and to reduce the hatred and violence of our world. We give thanks for the courage and faithfulness of ancestors who suffered for the gospel that we might know your love. May we match their generosity and self-discipline and their trust in you seeking above all else to know your will and do it. To that end, we dedicate our offerings. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Zion United Church of Christ Fireside in Bellevue, Ohio. If you would like to reach out to us, we would be thrilled to journey with you on your walk with God. Call us at 419-483-6658 in the United States. Reach out to us on our Facebook page or send us an email at zionunited at gmail.com with any prayer requests or questions you may have. Remember to make time for God and confess Jesus as your way to God to give you hope in this life. May you be blessed by God and be a blessing for another. We hope to see you again.